the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast with John Taylor and Shan Carr. Well, here we are. It's episode 51. This is the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast. It's me, John Taylor, and I'm joined by the fabulous comedian extraordinaire, Shan Carr. And we've got the publisher, editor of the Coachella Valley Independent, Jimmy Bogle. We are welcoming back to our flaming microphones the fabulous physician herself, Dr. Laura Rush. And from some cabin in the middle of the woods in Michigan, we've got our gay desert guide, Brad Fur. He's in North Woods, Michigan. Is that a place? It is not. It's a dream come true. Yeah, I've flown over it. Anyway, welcome, everybody, one and all, to our little weekly support group here on the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast. So does anybody have a share? (laughs) Well, we usually let Laura start us out. I think we should. I think especially this week. Rearing up and rearing, wound up and and rearing to go. I know, especially this week with everything that's going on. Everything that you predicted without question, that everybody predicted is that we're going to spike, but we're spiking in a Greg Luganus kind of way. Tell us about it. It's been a really bad spike, and where other states are are seeing a decrease, and you're seeing a decrease in in New York and in Connecticut on the East Coast where my family is, um, and, and they're happy. And out here, you know, I'm seeing charts when we're, California is just going crazy. And what's disheartening is the the, the people that are just not taking this seriously anymore, and I think people have just stopped caring. They, they're they over it. They're, you know, it's three, four months into this, and they don't want to wear a mask. They don't want to be socially distancing, and they just want to pretend that this is not going to affect them. And that's what's, that's what's going on. We're, just, we're seeing it here in Palm Springs. We're seeing it in Coachella Valley. We're seeing it all over Southern California. And I, you know, I was talking to Shan last night. And I was saying I was out in uh, in Laguna this past weekend, and I was as I was driving through the city, the beaches were packed, the restaurants, bars were all packed, standing room only, and I was hard pressed. I could count on one hand how many masks I saw. Everybody else was just kind of doing their own thing, and and I looked. I was like, is there something in Laguna Beach or Orange County that I'm not aware of? And they are seeing huge spikes out there. Yeah. So it's it's a level of just not giving a shit that I'm I'm that's stunning me. It really is. And so now uh, I am actually concerned that the governor is finally going to just say, "Look, that's it," and pull the plug on this. And and it's going to be back to everyone's going to be in quarantine and no one's going out. And they're going to start closing things down again because you think he'll really do it? I think he's tempted at this point. You know, if you had asked me a couple of weeks ago, and I think you guys did, I was like, "No, no, no. I, I think we're going to be okay because we're kind of." We had been leveling off, but now it's it's really increasing, and it's frightening. I, I went from not seeing that many COVID patients or concerns to having a half a dozen of my patients hospitalized in the past week with a COVID pneumonia, and it's could, that's concerning. That's these real. Are young people. These are not older people. These are young people yeah. that I'm taking but, care of. I was going to ask They're, you about that. DAP put on their Facebook page yesterday that they had more positive COVID tests in the last week than they had in the previous 10 weeks. Absolutely. And I'm seeing the same thing. So mask orders. Finally, the governor last week, and unfortunately before your Laguna trip, um, issued a statewide mask order. Nevada and North Carolina did yesterday. Washington did the the day before. Yeah. Um, 
uh, we posted on the Daily Digest at cvindependent.com the University of Washington's modeling showing that like thousands and thousands of lives will be saved if we wear masks. What in the world can we do to make sure that people are wearing masks to convince people? Um, I know you're a doctor and not a magician, but I'm going to ask you anyway because I don't know who the hell else to ask. You know, I am. I'm being frank with my my friends and my family. You know, I'm showing them the data. I'm like, please just wear a mask. Um, I'm not a big fan of shaming, but honestly, if it's coming down to that fact, but you've got to start pointing the stuff out in public. I had to do it a couple of times in a grocery store where people kind of walked past me, and, and I was like, "Where's your mask?" You know, and I am wearing a scrub top with you know, where it's got my name on it. So I don't know if that gives me a tiny little bit of legitimacy, but to be like, "Where is your mask?" this is not okay. You know, you have to sometimes call people out on it. No one is, is kind of pushed back on me, but you know, you, you may have to just call people out on it. Or honestly, for me, it's going to be, I'm just going to start avoiding going out and, and going to places yeah. where a week yeah. or two ago, I felt comfortable going out to dinner because it was, people were socially distancing and the tables were spread apart. But when I'm seeing this kind of a spike, I have no desire you know, to get sick or to even carry this virus and then possibly spread it to my patients because I'm actually seeing patients right now. Could we so, borrow some of your scrub tops so that we have legitimacy <laughs> when we're... Um, it, actually, <laughs> I was thinking yesterday, I, I had an appointment at the gym um, and I was reading all the data, reading your posts, um, the Desert Suns, Jimmy's, um, cvindependent.com. And I was like, Maybe it's time to uh, not go to the gym. And at like 6 a.m., you were at the gym. So I was, I was like, all right, if Dr. Rush is going to be there, I suppose I can get my lazy ass up, put my mask on. And, you know, I mean, I feel comfortable at the gym. I mean, I see you from 30 feet away with your mask on. We wave. Yeah, everyone there that's been at World Gym has been fantastic about cleaning everything. I see people with their spray bottles cleaning, you know, they're putting their towels down, they're wearing their masks. Um, I have not really sat down on a piece of equipment that's been next to somebody because there's no. just not that many people in the gym. And, you know, I went yeah. there and, and Eli, my trainer was, I was like, oh, it's six o'clock in the morning. There's about 20 people in here. He's like, I think a lot of people had the same idea you did, which is to get here early and, and see nobody. He's like, you know, nine, 10 o'clock, it's, it's when it's usually packed, it's been quiet. And in the evenings, it's been quiet. So it's trying to find that sweet spot where you're not going to be around people if you're going to go to the gym. Where I'm seeing a lot of people is that they're all still up on the treadmill, which I think is ridiculous. I'm like, Jesus, go walk outside. Yeah. <laughs> don't come into the gym to get on a treadmill. Of all the things you don't need to be inside for. Right. You know, you don't need to be panting and heavy breathing on a treadmill. If anything, if I had it my way, I'd be like, shut those down. Because that's where people are going to be yeah. huffing and puffing the most on you know on the cardio yeah. equipment so uh, that's what i'm avoiding i have a pool i have a bicycle that's how i'm doing my cardio but i'm not doing it in the gym i'm in i'm out i do my weights you know eli and i are kind of at the different weight equipment um and avoiding people he does a good job of moving me away from everybody and keeping himself safe he's there you know 10 12 hours a day so i'm like he's i, I worry about him getting exposed too and don't you i mean yeah because there's inevitably stuff that somebody didn't wipe properly or, right. I mean, if you're touching surfaces that are high touch surfaces all day, it's... Well, what I see a lot of people doing and people aren't aware that they're doing is they're working out, they're doing their thing and they're pulling on their mask 
Of course. To breathe for a second and then putting it back again. I'm like, it's the equivalent of touching your face, right? So yeah. stop pulling on your mask. So you leave it on or, or go home where you could take it off. But the pulling it out to breathe and putting it back on again, this whole thing is you're touching surfaces and then doing this. It's no longer protecting you. You've just contaminated your mask by or protecting anybody them. else, right? Because right. now you just touch your cutie mask and you're touching the thing, and then you wipe. Right. It is. So I was uh, exposed to a positive person who coughed all over me um, <clears throat> in a small office meeting. <clears throat> I did like receive that? a phone call. What? Like that? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Oh, exactly like that. I'm a constant <laughs> toucher. Like I videotaped myself going through the COVID test, uh, you know, at CVS. I got my test yeah. two days ago at CVS yeah. and driving through and I put the little, I put my camera up and I videotaped myself and I swear, even with a mask on, my finger was basically up my nose the whole time in my ear, touching my head, holding myself, trying to breathe and calm myself down in the car. Like, I would be too ashamed to put that video out because I am a huge cootie factory standing there, sitting there in my own car. So now I have to wait. Um, and in the environment where I was exposed to a positive person, I asked over and over and over again in an increasingly aggressive and insulting fashion if the people in the office would please put their masks on um, and ultimately when the guy started coughing right across from me i picked up my stuff and we we're pretty much done and he goes oh it's just bronchitis and i said gosh that's what all the covid guys say <laughs> yeah. and then i left you know so it is, so where, here's the next level that you figure out by being there is now I had to call all of you guys who came to movie night. Even though none of us were near each other, we were all, most of us were masked, even while we sat distantly. Um, and uh, there was a little handful of people. I went into listings as a realtor. Now I went by myself almost every time with a camera showing my client what was going on. But I touched, you know, I'm sure I touched doorknobs and light switches and, you know, uh, valances and all kinds of stuff. I had to make a bunch of phone calls. I can tell you the person who I was exposed to didn't make those calls. Uh, not to me, not to a couple of other people in the circle. But the shame, like, do I now keep all their secrets of all the people that I was with that wouldn't wear a mask and then do... I don't even understand how to manage. Well, you were responsible by that I am now tasked with for their benefit, I guess. Yeah, you were being the responsible one by calling. The fact that, you know, any the fact that somebody had a bronchitis was out, you know, exposing themselves to anybody with whatever he was carrying was grossly irresponsible. You know, Why the fuck are they having a meeting at a conference room with a bunch of people when we have this? I'm sorry, I, that's what pisses me off. Me too. It's like and now we're all exposed because I had to, I'm in Michigan with my 70-some-year-old parents. I had to emergency get a test at the Rite Aid Pharmacy in Grand Rapids because, yeah, one yeah. guy that we all know, and that we're not naming, but we all know him, and he took it, he didn't take it seriously. 
No, it yeah. was, that's irresponsible. And, you know, and Shannon, and I talked about this a little bit last night, too. And, you know, I got tested last week before she told me. And I got tested because I had to go, I have to go in for a medical procedure. So that I have to get tested prior to this. But the issue with the testing is that is only good for that one moment in time. That's it. Yeah. At that yeah. moment and prior to that, if you're negative, you're negative. But you can walk out of that test and be exposed like that. So to have that false so insecurity, you know. Quick question, Dr. Rush. So, you know, I had that test done, um, I think, Monday or Tuesday morning mm -hmm. as I was on my way up here. Um, if I went to a restaurant the night before and was exposed to it, would that exposure show up? How long Not does it necessarily. take for that exposure to show yeah. up? Yeah, I was Not necessarily. Say. Sometimes the reason I'm asking, The reason I'm asking is because we've, I've gone to four bar, bar restaurants in my hometown. Two of them, you'd never know there was a virus. There was wow. not one mask on any of the employees. Um, uh, people would wear masks coming in. No one inside of those places were wearing masks. And social distancing was kind of done. They kind of removed every other table. But it was one bar stool in between other people. Sure. The other two absolutely took it seriously. They moved everything, everybody on staff, you know, gloves, masks, the entire thing, and, and absolutely we're doing it the right way. And, you know, I, when I came to Michigan, I expected to see um, less compliance that I've seen. And knowing, you know, California is a huge state. This is a huge state. I've been from north to south almost 450 miles uh, end to end in the last uh, 24, 36 hours here. But, you know, I thought um, California would be well, would be more safe overall than Michigan. And I've got to say, uh, Governor Gretchen Whitmer has done a great job here. Yeah. And yes, we've got the same yahoos here that we have in California. So unfortunately, it's no better in California than it is yeah. in Michigan. And actually, Michigan's cases, as we all know, are diminishing. Yeah, that, that's what surprised me the most. And like I was saying, the testing is only good for that moment in time. And it's we're only as safe as the person next to us is allowing us to be so we could be doing everything possible you could be going to the restaurant day one that everyone's taking it seriously that you think of but then somebody in the kitchen is is positive and they're not taking precautions how many restaurants here in palm springs just got closed down in the past week because they've had workers in the restaurant testing positive so you yep. could be doing everything in your power but somebody else is not taking it seriously not wearing a mask is not taking it seriously. You know, all of these restaurants in Laguna Beach and all those bars, not a single person wearing a mask. You know, people all over the beaches, I grossly irresponsible and the sense of entitlement that must be going on over there that they feel like this does not touch them. So blew me away. Now we need to, you know, we need to get down to the, actually we have a lot of guests today. I see a special one I didn't even know was coming. So. Um, I want to make sure to get to them, but yeah. so giving you a handle, John. So now it comes down to the ultimate question, which is it all comes down to you, your personal responsibility yes, and your depth of giving a shit for other people, right? There's two sides to that. Um, and so Honestly, I started saying rude things to the people without their masks on 25 minutes before I left the office. Yeah. Right? Um, 
to the extent that they actually put masks on for about three minutes and then took them back off. And I stayed again. So, you know, in the long and the short of that, it, I could have made that choice not to expose myself. And even though I did it, I had to keep making it and keep making it. For the first 15 minutes, I sat outside the conference room and would not go in with them. And then ultimately, I sat down at the table and uh, and got we all have to make these decisions for ourselves. You know, we do. There is a you level of personal sleep. responsibility. I could have just said, you know, yeah. call me on Zoom. I'll see you tomorrow yeah. or whatever. Yeah. There was something yeah. I could have done. Yeah. That's, it's it's ultimately up to everyone. But this thing isn't going to go away until everyone is on board no. with the fact that it's not going to go away until we make it go away. It's not leaving on its own. You know, I'm, you know? I, you know, I'm here in Michigan, and, and to me it feels somewhat like vacation. I've been cautious. We were We've been wearing masks going out, but... I can tell you that we, you know, uh, a service worker just came to work at our cottage. And I just am thinking now, my dad is not wearing a mask and he's in front of a guy that's doing septic cleaning. Okay. Like, it's so if hard anybody to think that of everything. My dad should be, sometimes you just forget, yeah. you know, you just like, and the, the main thing that this really all goes back to is there was no leadership from the top. Yeah. If the president on down had been wearing masks from the beginning, we would all be much more inclined to wear masks. Maybe, so but my, you're a smart guy and I'm thought. a smart guy and I know how to do it. And it really does. It is up to you because he ain't going to change. They're not going to lead. It really, I, know. I, I, I know wish it. Not. We all wish it, but that's just not a possibility. Yeah. So, all right, bitches, put well, your own we'd on. be more in we'd be more in tune to it if there was, if from the top there was that leadership. You're right. You're right. Well, that's, you know, and you're seeing he's holding rallies with thousands of people. No one's wearing a mask. And the, then he's making comments, whether they're offhanded and flippant and serious or not, about, well, if we just slow down the testing, we're not going to find any more cases. Insanity. You know, he's playing to his base, and that's what they believe. And there, we have those people here in California, you know? And, and that's part of the issue is that when we have no leadership that's reinforcing how important it is to wear a mask, to stay safe, to not go out, to still try and stay home as much as you can. Still try and stay home as much as you can. Don't go to, don't have a list of five bars you've been to. Yeah, you know, like people say, we have a life to live. I don't have a choice. I have to go to my office. I have right. to go see patients. Those things you know, for sure. Yeah, things have to, I have to go to the grocery store and, and buy groceries. Um, but I don't have to go to bars and restaurants. You know, I don't have, I don't have to go to the gym. But if I'm going to do these things, I have to use good judgment. I have to use better judgment. Yeah, and that's that goes for all of us. We, in because, Phoenix, in Phoenix, they had all these people lined up to go to the uh, president's uh, rally. Rally, and they were under a covering, and they had misters going, and it just yes. it seemed like these these like high intensity misters were basically like blowing the perfect <laughs> <laughs> sort of carrier of of anything you, you couldn't your have asked for better accelerant right <laughs> you know what i mean right? let's just get it Moisture. wet and blow it yeah i mean <laughs> and small it's and an like aerosol form up your nose you know like here let, let's really accelerate this thing right now that's one of the other things too here in palm springs i don't know if anyone has the misters on but i wouldn't be walking underneath them outside so 
That's all recycled water stuff. So. And Arizona makes the their numbers make California's look like we flatten the curve. Arizona is in a really horrible, horrible. situation. Yeah, they are. they are. But we didn't flatten the curve. But I know what you mean. Oh we're no, we worried. had. We completely had. We, we just had. Won. Right. Right. <laughs> and he's right. We were doing really, really yes. well for a long then, time, and totally blew it because people were like, "Oh yeah, I could just you know forget about this and go out and live our life." And oh well. Well, as much as this is helpful for all of us, we have some happy guests waiting in the waiting room. All right. And Jimmy, I'm worried that we haven't quite gotten to you. And uh, so, Lori, you got anything you want to wrap up before we set you free? No, I did put some stuff up, and I think I tagged John. If you guys want to repost it, there was a study that just came out in Nature. Uh, it was a quick, small study done in China talking about the length of time that the COVID antibodies may That's be right. working. It's a small That's study. Right. And the the good news is that they have a study on it. The bad news is that we're, they're only seeing it's lasting maybe two to three months. Wow. People with the disease actually have an immunity that's lasting a little bit longer than those people who were asymptomatic. Really? So, which is wow. pretty interesting we're, from what they're looking at. We were um, talking about just that one study. Too. I'm sorry. We're, we were talking about that last night. That it's new and there's just the it's, first little right. info about it. It, it's a small study it was done in Wuhan, China. Um, so, the, you know, we're going to see more as they're getting ready to do more with uh, vaccines, because that's yeah. specifically what they're going to be testing is how long does the vaccine last? How soon after do you have to get a booster? Um, you know, is it going to last six months? Is it going to last a year? You know, six months like the flu shot It's going to last a little bit longer. Um, you know, Dr. Fauci is saying that hopefully we're going to be getting a vaccine in 2021. I'm hoping we have it well before then november would be nice yeah. as this thing starts to heat up again so i think um, that the i think the congress should call dr fauci to testify every other day so that he actually gets in front of a camera you know because he's not showing up you know they're not doing the white house briefings and he needs a podcast right. yeah <laughs> yeah let's invite him on let's get him a podcast that's dr. a great fauci. idea just get him on ours indeed Thank you, uh, Dr. Rush. You guys have a good week. Thank Stay you, safe Rush. and wear your mask. Be safe. Thank you. All right. Bye, you guys. And next on the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast, we welcome a dear friend to all in Palm Springs. It's Ron DeHart. Yay! 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 Hi, everyone. Ron, you are going global again. Uh, last year, a year ago, you and I were in New York City at this time getting ready for the Pride Parade. For world, for world pride, right? That's right. That's right. And we had uh, the march in the front. You had pull. You had the pull of all pulls because we were right at the very front of the parade with our Palm Springs contingent, all the other cities from around the globe. And it was a fantastic kickoff for the Pride Parade, which ended up lasting like 12 hours. Oh, my now, God. I know. Oh global God. Pride event. <laughs> global pride event that you're hosting this weekend you're not only this is not i mean this is global this is not just world it's global i don't <laughs> know if there's a difference uh, but nonetheless i don't think so except that we're not doing it in person we're doing it uh, uh virtually so uh ron tell us about global pride 2020 and uh and all your involvement and what's going on well you know the uh the whole idea of of 
creating a pride event for uh, cities around the world came as COVID-19 uh, started to impact uh, in early April. And very quickly, uh, we saw that prides around the world were going to be significantly impacted. And, you know, it's not, it's not just the parade and festival that people see on the surface. Pride organizations and pride events around the world have significant reach in their communities and, and significant links to the social service and justice, racial justice uh, um, uh, organizations within their cities. And they're, they're a link to fundraising and providing support to organizations throughout cities around the world. So when prides get canceled like this, it is devastating to communities around the world. And most importantly, we're, they're really the marginalized communities that are being hit the most. So uh, in early April, the, the, the idea came together, we've got to bring pride to living rooms around the world. And in just a few short weeks, that reality is, is holding true. Uh, we will start with a broadcast at uh, Friday, that starts uh, in Los Angeles at 5 p.m., and we will continue to run for the next uh, 26 hours. Amazing. Uh, reaching 110 countries out of the 195 wow. that Google knows. And uh, it, 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 we certainly expect that the largest uh, attendance of, of an LGBTQI plus event uh, in history uh, will occur this weekend. And uh, it's, it's, it's just an exciting time and exciting that we're able to bring pride to cities around the world that just will not have that opportunity. And for many people, doesn't matter where you're at in the world, a Pride weekend is that opportunity to yeah. be visible. It's the opportunity yeah. to come out. It's the opportunity for many people for the very first time to feel comfortable with who they are and their authentic self. Mm -hmm. On the same topic, we've just added into the screen Nicholas Snow, who has been famous for promo homo in Palm Springs for <laughs> so incredibly long. If you are at any event that matters to anybody in this town, he is there with this camera filming the entire thing. If you missed it, you can always go to promohomo.tv and watch the whole event. And he is our local link to World Pride, and he starts his streaming for his World Pride feature from here, but all around the world, today at 11 o'clock. Please welcome also Nicholas Snow. Hey, Nicholas. Hey, hey it's Nicholas. great to be with all of you. I'm a fan, and I, I just want to commend you for your ongoing service to the community. Well, Ditto. we're not thank going you, anywhere. <laughs> and thank you. And Nicholas, so you've been doing a fantastic, this is Global Pride, no, not World Pride. This is Global oh. Pride. That's okay. Yes. No, no worries. No worries. Um, Nicholas, you and Ron are working together, and, and is it kind of like a pre-show? Is that what we would call it? Well, uh, I know that your show is pre-recorded, so by the time people are seeing this, I will have premiered the Nicholas Snow Show on promohomo.tv. Um, which is one of the five shows on the network as it expands into a, an online broadcast network. Ron DeHart, I can't say that I'm working with him on Global Pride. I'm actually simply reporting about Global Pride, but he is Got one it. of the five panelists on the show. And here in our hometown, we can be extremely proud of him because Ron is the executive producer of the big shebang. Um, so, 
the most important message, even more important than my show, what I want to get out is that um, Global Pride, you may have already said this to your visitors, but it is a 24-hour virtual event that people all over the world are participating in and that they can watch. Um, it is available to watch at globalpride.org, and also it will be streaming throughout those 24 hours on Todrick Hall's YouTube channel. And if people go to globalpride.org, they can find out um, where the programs will be originating from around the world by looking at a world map across that 24-hour mm. period. That's you cool. put us on the map. Ron, it's just incredible. That's right. Ron, and let's, let's do it. Let's, uh, you know, kudos here because, Ron, you are the most humble person. But the work that you've done uh, for Pride around the world, not only – um, you know, just helping every other organization through your various uh, organizations that you work with, but and then also what you've done for Palm Springs Pride. So we give you great kudos, and we thank you so much for what you are about to do for this 24-hour period. Are you going to be up the whole time? Uh, not quite the whole time, but uh, <laughs> hopefully I'll get a few hours sleep. You know, and I, I just uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, it, uh, you know, it's a gay day, so it's actually 26 hours. We're approaching 27 <laughs> hours. So uh, we, we keep saying 24 hours, but that, that's an LGBTQ time. <laughs> All right, so you go to globalpride2020.org, and that's where you can stream it from. Check out the map uh, to find out the various localities that will broadcast. And Nicholas, uh, how does it feel um, broadcasting not out on the street, but in in your you know in front of your green screen? Because you you are somebody that was at everything. It's like you go to any event. It's like where's Nicholas? You should be yeah. here. Well. Um... I uh, did a test broadcast of the technology yesterday uh, because I didn't want to premiere my show without having done that. And one of my viewers commented, one of the great things about the platform I'm using is I can import social media comments right on the screen and interact with the viewers. And one of the viewers said, will you still be broadcasting from the events like you always do? And yes, I will. Uh, um, uh, I have wanted, though, to do a, a more network television quality show for years, and I'm uh, uh, everything happens when it's supposed to. So the, the upside of mm -hmm. needing to shelter in place for three months is I was able to uh, really advance my um, efforts. And I don't want us to forget to mention that one of my shows on the network is Hot in Palm Springs that will be looking at news and views relevant to uh, people that live in the Coachella Valley and who are visiting here. And um, Gay Desert Guide is my media partner. And I, I'm so happy yes, with are. that. And yes, Ron, Ron, I, I can hardly wait to share this with you, but my new technology when I do the official Palm Springs Pride broadcast, I can have multiple cameras along the parade route. Uh, great. I could have a camera at the VIP breakfast, <laughs> and I can be bringing all of those people into the broadcast just like uh, network television. Nice. Hey, well, congratulations, we Nicholas. We're and so happy. Thank you. 
Thank you both for being on the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast. And go to globalpride2020.org and check it out. 26 hours. It's a gay day. That's right. I'll be watching. Looking forward to it. Me too. Keisha D. will be uh, headlining uh, the Palm Springs or the California Hour. Oh, oh, good. You got some locals in. That's really good. Thank you. What time, lo- what time locally, uh, what time in California is the California hour airing, uh, Ron? Uh, 7 p.m. 7 p.m. <laughs> 7 p.m. Well, go to globalpride.org and check the map. Uh, and also, Todrick Hall's YouTube channel is Oh, my God, Todrick Hall. I'm the biggest fan. He's great. Thank you, guys. All right. Thank Thanks, you. guys. See you again. Thank you very much, Ron. Have a great weekend. So next in the room with us for I Love Gay Palm Springs uh, from the Victory Fund. And uh, she works with Equality California. She does all kinds of philanthropic and public act, you know, activism. She's quite a star to watch out on the scene. Please welcome to the show, Sue Burnside. Hi, how is everybody? Excellent. Sue, good to see you. Good to see you. And I'll add my, my real profession is I'm a grassroots political consultant. So... That's some of my activism, not my philanthropic work, but some of my activism. But I'm really proud to be part of the Gay Lesbian Victory Fund. Uh, It's been an organization that's been around since 1991. It models itself after Emily's List. Early money makes the campaigns a lot easier. Um, The Victory Fund actually has already endorsed more than 240 candidates this cycle uh, for the 2020 season. Uh, There's 900 gay, lesbian, transsexual candidates running right now this year. Really? Yeah. So um, we basically are kind of like the good housekeeping seal of gay politics, I guess, would be the appropriate <laughs> mm-hmm. language. Well, so it's kind of under the radar, because I don't so, know that most people even know that there is any group out there raising funds for and supporting. And I sure as heck didn't know there were 900 LGBTQ plus people right. running for things. Yeah, and, and that's the case already this year. We've already raised $1.2 million for candidates on top of $750,000 for Pete. Um, so it's more than $2 million already, and we're basically just clicking on half the year. Um, our, our engine for the Victory Fund is the Victory Campaign Board, um, which I was proud to say that I actually wrote that in a strategic plan to develop that board. And um, it's a board for you know 140 people across the nation that helps us find candidates and raise money and get really happy and skippy about candidates and raise the money. How do you raise money in this climate right now? You, you can't depend on events where people have to show up in person. There's a lot of us, I'll raise my hand, under a great deal of economic stress because of business stopping. Right. How do you, how do you uh, keep it rolling, Sue? Well, it's, it's, it's very interesting because I think uh, people feel an imminent threat right now, um, not just from COVID, but I think they feel a political threat and a political opportunity at this moment. So what we do is we, um, we have calls with candidates um, and we invite our board and our friends to these calls. Um, they're almost like old-fashioned um, house coffee programs, <laughs> um, but they're to raise yeah. money. Um, yesterday, we just raised um, you know, $5,000 for our candidate. Uh, in Texas before her fundraiser even is her fundraiser is on the 28th, which is a virtual fundraiser, but we raised $5,000 just to keep uh, her, her campaign going and her campaign at this point, it's very different. Campaigns are very different now than they were before. I think it's harder to do campaigns than actually raise money at the moment. Ah, so, so we actually... talked about the fact that uh, if you... 
So Go a few ahead. weeks ago, you and I talked about uh, the fact that um, with with many of these, it's 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 also you know if, if even if you can only afford a few dollars, throwing a few dollars into the coffers is uh, a great way to show support. So even if you don't have a lot of money, ten right. twenty dollars uh, every month or so would be uh, would be fine to help these would help these particular candidates. You're spreading this love and this money around all over the the country. Oh yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I would agree, Brad. I mean, there is a there's a there's power in the number of uh, the number of donors you have, as well as the amount of money you raise. So there's there's a twofold effect, and I think the number of donors is really important to a candidate because it it creates some consistency with the campaign. You know that the basics of your campaign mm -hmm. are going to be covered. Um, I think that's true for you know any kind of uh, philanthropic activity you do that if you can give monthly. It really creates a power base for that organization and some great organizations in Palm Springs, you know, really need that that's consistent funding, whether it's the Trans Center or Martha's Kitchen or, you know, the Gay and Lesbian Center's Food Bank or the Gay and Lesbian Center. Um, there's a lot of ways in which you can do that monthly contribution. And I have to say, it's not painful. It's, it's a lot easier no matter where you are in the economic system right now. Where do people go to um, to check out the uh, Victory Fund online? Sure, it's uh, www.victoryfund.org. Um, we also have an institute that does training for candidates. It does a national, uh, yearly, international gay and lesbian elected officials conference, which we hope will actually happen in December this year. Um, and they do international training for candidates in uh, different countries. So that's been pretty exciting the last two years. We've kind of expanded into that uh, realm. Um, but it's, it's easy to do uh, if you ever have a chance to go to the conference and just hang out with all these elected officials, whether it's Danica Rome or Martha uh, Mary Washington from Baltimore or just all of them are just pretty, pretty interesting human beings. It's really nice to hang out with them on a casual level. I will give a pitch to my other board that I sit on Equality California, which uh, yes. has a yeah, big organization. It's the largest statewide um, uh, equality organization in the nation. Um, as you guys might remember, I almost went bankrupt a few years ago, and under the leadership of Rick, uh, Chavez Zabur, uh, former land use lawyer, um, he's basically taken the organization back to a powerhouse level. We actually have a national policy director, um, which we're the only state uh, equality organization that has a national policy director. Um, my former wife, Valerie Klumpus, uh, is the policy director, and uh, she does a fabulous job in D.C. and with our own bills in California, we pass about 18 bills. We have our own lobbyists, 18 bills a year in the state legislature. Um, and it has over 900,000 members across wow. the nation. Oh my gosh. So one thing I was impressed with is the fact that the organization is also working in our neighboring states, Nevada, for instance, if yes. I'm not mistaken. Yes. I was at a conference. Tell us about the work outside of California. Sure. Um, yeah, actually, they did take over the Nevada um, Equity uh, Equality Organization. Um, so we basically, it's California and Nevada, ne Nevada Equality. Um, they have their own state director. And uh, recently, we actually did a training for 20 political candidates in Arizona and Nevada uh, via Zoom, which was pretty exciting. Great. It was the first time I actually had um, all an all-woman panel, which has never happened in my 35-year career of in politics. Course. That's which cool. Was, <laughs> which was totally awesome. I was totally, totally happy to do that. Um, and that happened last year. Um, and we only have one staff member, but uh, the organization is growing and it feels like it's uh, it's going to be successful again. That's how you build it. Yep. One, one block at a time. You got to have intention. 
We're so glad you're out there on our behalf. Also, I want to just share, because my job is to make sure the superficial is covered. <laughs> I was very amused by the fact that your friends got you, you had to fly to New York. So you had to get, you got an airplane seat cover. You got a three table condom. You got a magnifying glasses, maybe a little an astronaut bubble hat. What all did you put on to fly? <laughs> my favorite thing my favorite thing was a metal straw with a silicone tip so I didn't have to take my my mask off on the plane that's oh awesome my God. So that was that was I one of my highlights it. and uh, they won't let you they don't give you um ice on the flight so you had to bring your own ice and TSA actually let you through <laughs> security with your eyes but uh, the toughest thing was the TSA thing because you know those bins are like a petri dish from hell right so, Right. So I actually brought a um, garbage bag and, and lined my, my TSA bin with the garbage bag. And then I used it uh, to keep my backpack in on the floor of the airplane. So, um, yeah, I was super cautious. And uh, yeah. I'm glad I got out when I did because uh, Cuomo has just instituted a two-week ban on everyone from California or Florida. Right. So you're either banned or you have to do two weeks of you know, quarantine. Yeah, quarantine. You're sitting still. Yeah. Well, we hope you'll be able to make it back safely when it's time for you to come home. We thank you so much for what my you're pleasure. doing out there. It's my pleasure. You thank you so much. Thanks, Sue. You guys thank have a great you, day. Sue. Thanks Bye, so honey. much. Bye-bye. And now we welcome to the Flaming Microphones some, somebody that we have had on the show uh, many times before. It's nice seeing you, Jason Stewart, comedian and author and movie guy, actor. You're everything. Actor. I'm I'm Not trying good. my best. I'm trying my best. And I'm so excited to be on the show because I have learned all sorts of things on Zoom in the last couple of months. But all you need is a little scotch tape and you can get it anywhere. Home Depot, you just put it on the side of your face so you can look like you're in your 30s again. Oh, and here you go. Here we go. There, there we go. And all of a sudden, I'm in my 30s and I'm so far away. No one can tell as long as I keep my face just I this totally, way. Stay I back. don't even recognize Stay you. Back. That's Amazing. awesome. I think I met you so nearly you 30. You, Shan, you actually met me when I looked like that. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> I met you nearly 30 years ago, and you looked exactly like this. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So tell uh, us what you've got happening, because you've got a book coming out and lots my of... Book is making... My book is out. My book is out. It's called Shut Up, I'm Talking. It's my autobiography. And it's available on Amazon or CCB Publishing, or just go to my website, jasonstewart.com. You'll laugh, you'll cry, it'll be better than cats. I swear to God. And you know what's really interesting about writing a book is first you write it, you never really know what's going to happen. And then all these people write these reviews. And I got to say, I've been overwhelmed, and people have been so nice and so kind, and sitting alone in your home, recontemplating your entire life every single day because there's nothing going on. <laughs> um, you really appreciate all, all the messages and stuff. So it's and almost like I, people are people are reviewing not only your writing, but th because it's it's a memoir, they're reviewing your life. Yeah, yeah, it's really and it's really you realize, OK, I did do something. I don't feel like I haven't done something in my community. And I got to talk about my mom and my dad, about dating, about, you know, getting birth of a nation, how that, that that's sort of how the, the book ends. It's called the, uh, the last chapter is called The Birth of an Actor. The first chapter is called Simply Barbara, and it's how uh, Barbara Streisand changed my life when I was a kid. Because if you fall in love with Omar Sharif, who are you left to be but Barbara Streisand, right? Uh, so, of course, that, that was like, 
10 years of therapy. And uh, you know, the whole book really is about, I'd say, uh, clearing up the wreckage of your past and becoming a man. It really is. You've been doing a lot of guest shots from your uh, home uh, studio there. Uh, do you have anything uh, on deck that you're going to be appearing in that we can uh, check out? Well, yes, out? I have been. I've been uh, so this year, what I did is we released our web series, Smothered. I co-starred, co-wrote, co-produced with Mitch Hara. It's about these two guys who have been in a 30-year relationship who hate each other and can't afford to get divorced. And I play a character that I've never played before. People say, oh, it's a gay character, it's you. I uh, know. This guy is, 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 is a bit of a victim. He's a little crazy. He's in love. He'll do anything to keep the relationship together. And, of course, Mitch's character wants out. And we go to a lot of different therapies. We have all these great guest stars. We have Erica Irvin from American Horror Story, Helen Hong from yeah. Silicon Valley. We have a guy that looks just like Peter Dinklage, but he's not. And everybody keeps saying he's in, so I'm just going to say we have Peter Dinklage. <laughs> <laughs> go for it. And we have Carol Ida uh, White from uh, Laverne and Shirley. And I wanted people of all different colors. And we, oh, my friend Dalila Ali Raja uh, from all the Shonda Rhimes shows. And we wanted people that were different colors, different sizes, different ages. Uh, we wanted anybody but um, just white people, honestly, because we're two white Jewish men. So we figured we're going to show the show. And this is before all this happened. So I was really sort of proud of our whole, uh, the whole idea of the way we were doing things. And you can get that uh, easily by just going to YouTube, or you can just go to my website, push on new projects, and you'll see it there. It's called Smothered. Was that the one that you, that you were, um, we were uh, like rehearsing together? Uh, maybe a year ago, yeah, when I came here. Yeah. yeah. You've helped me with a couple. He's actually helped me with a couple auditions. I've come to his house. He's and he's helped with me that. With yeah, yeah. You just yeah. helped me do a voiceover last weekend for the L Fund, too, a PSA. Yeah. We love John. And I'm here well, for a tech. Do... I've been doing a lot of tech support. <laughs> We've all got to do that. We have right? to. Right? You know right. what I got to say? I was you are show. for hire as well. Yes, I oh, am for hire. I got to say, I'm really, uh, I, would love, I was watching the show. I don't know what episode it was because I watched them all out of order. But I was watching one about the masks. And I think it's so important to wear them. And I really am so, and I love the way you guys handled it so much because sometimes you'll go into a restaurant and only the staff will be wearing masks. I haven't actually sat down. I went into a deli the other day to get some bagels and they were, nobody was wearing masks at any of the tables, even if they were ordering or waiting to get their check. And I think people have to remember just sitting at the table, you know, if you're not eating, put the mask back on. It's not a big deal. It really isn't. And it saves your lives. And it's not just saving a life. You know, you can completely ruin your respiratory system. And that's really important. So it's also about caring about other people and not just yourself. And you also you know, have really your, you, you, are, you moved to Palm Springs to be closer to your mom. And so that's got to be on your mind. It's like, I mean, you're My seeing her. mom is 83 her. and still shops at Forever 71. And... Uh, <laughs> She is like Jonesing to go back to, to Ross. She's yeah. Jonesing. I swear to God, her and her girlfriends are talking on the phone. And she says, oh, my God. She says, are you going to Ross? I don't know. Are you going to Ross? And, you know, and right before the pandemic, she bought a blouse that had three arms in it. I said, Mom, why did you do that? She says, I'll make a bow out of it. I don't give a shit. It was $1.99. I bought six. <laughs> I, I love my mom. And, and I, honestly, uh, three and a half years ago, I brought my mom to L.A. to live. And the rents went up so high, the traffic was so crazy. 
And I just found that every guy that I've known, every gay guy that I've known in LA that's over 50 has moved here, and a couple in their late 40s. Yeah. So I'm really, I thought, God, if all my friends are here, it's only an hour and 45 minutes at night to drive to LA to get ready to do an audition the next day. You stay at a friend's house, and then you come home, yeah. and or, or a meeting, or see a friend, or whatever it is that you're doing. So I really, I think uh, if it takes an hour and a half to get to Santa Monica, from Hollywood, I might as well live in Palm Springs, right? Exactly. It's beautiful, it's a small town. The people are so nice. I was going in my car the other day and I got lost because I don't know everything so well. And I turned and I made a left turn in the wrong thing and some beautiful cop stops me. And she was so nice and I said, oh, I said, honey, I, it's all my fault. I said, I didn't know where I was, I'm new here, I got lost. The, the GPS said Frank Sinatra and his country club and you know, Dinosaur with Bob Hope. I swear to God, I, I feel like I'm among dead people. And, I, <laughs> and, she, and she said, hold on a second. She came back and she didn't give me a ticket. She said, welcome to Palm Springs. And wow. I thought, oh my God. Aww. You know, I am in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in Oz. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. Where's that big story theme? You need her. <laughs> well, and it is true that everybody is coming here because I just opened three escrows in five days and they are from Dallas, Orange County, and San Diego, all trying to get the hell out of their big, crazy, busy towns to this beautiful, clear, open, warm air where everything passes through you. So, and also because of COVID, I mean, we've been we've done in, the mayor here has been absolutely excellent. Yeah, you know, and and has been right on top of things. I feel very safe here. Um, feel protected and I have great friends and I want to be invited to the movie thing I'll come and sit in the corner I swear to God okay well I can only have nine I can only have nine people here and you missed the part that I've now been exposed to COVID so it's gonna be a little wait but oh. here's what I would like to cut I would like to commiserate just a second with another comedian on Friday night I did a show my first show in three and a half months and uh, we were about 40 feet from the audience and the audience mostly wore masks and the comedians on stage did not wear masks. So that wasn't even the issue. The issue was that I was very successful. You know, everybody has the night where everyone's like, you were the hottest one tonight. Oh, it was just one of those nights because the audience had 30 children under the age of 11. <laughs> and not one of the comedians was prepared to speak to 11-year-olds. And for whatever reason, I managed to pivot. <laughs> I managed to pivot pretty quickly. We were talking about, you know, if the parents wanted some adult entertainment, they could take their kids down to the brew house where they could have some craft beers and the adults could watch some comedy. <laughs> I mean, we were having a good time with it. But ultimately... I am banned from the river and performing there afterwards though it was my night and I said nothing foul or dirty, certainly compared to the other comedians, I mentioned that they were paying me in a cheesecake factory voucher. <laughs> and I said, so rather than the material I was going to do, can you just, I'm going to workshop. Are you guys okay with that? I said, I'm working for a cheesecake factory voucher. You can be my, you know, workshop people. And they were so angry they don't ever want me to return. Wow. I, okay, and, so we need to know we need to know who those people are because no, we need to shame them publicly. No, no, not. it's common. Comedians, no, they laughed at everything, ridiculous. just like other people in an audience. They mm -hmm. laugh at everything except for the thing that's about them. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And I said, you know, they always tell comedians, oh, do it for the exposure. And I always answer, girl could die of exposure. True. Right. There are good kinds of exposure and bad kinds of exposure. And Right. This is yet another exposure. Well, I- then I'll, I'll tell you about a couple of things. So on Showtime in March, I had my first action film ever on uh, television. So if you have Showtime, you can watch a film called Abducted. I play a detective. I'm Detective Walter, and I talk like this. I'll show you what I do in the whole thing. I walk around like this with glasses on my head. They say, all right, Chan, did you do this? All right, yeah, we're all great. Tell John to go over there and sit in the corner, and we'll talk to him in 10 minutes. All right, well, this is not going to work. Let's go. And I did that in three different scenes. And uh, (laughs) people said, what did you base the character? I said, I based it on my brother, because he's been slightly irritated since I was born. <laughs> it's great to have you here again. We, uh, you're one of our most frequent flyers, and <laughs> we we always enjoy you, Jason Stewart. Thank you so much, and we'll keep our eyes out for everything you do. The Cheesecake Factory certificate is in the mail. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Bye, Jason. Bye. One of the things you have to do, well, you don't have to do it, but it's a smart thing to do, is to go to CoachellaValleyIndependent.com and sign up for the Daily Digest that is put together by Jimmy Bogle, who is the publisher-editor of uh, the CV Independent. But you also have the bricks and mortar actual printed on paper with ink version. He's holding it up for our listeners. And that's uh, no justice, no peace. Well, we heard that. When we were yes, uh, for our July edition, we actually um, we did it at cvindependent.com as well. But we actually talked to three of the uh, rally organizers, and there's all sorts of other great stuff in there. And it's sitting newsstands right now. You can get that at Albertsons. You can get that at Albertsons. You can get it at a lot of restaurants. You know, we've got about th- we're we obviously dropped during COVID, but we're still in over 300 locations around the valley. Well, and one of the people that you interviewed was one of the um, the eight young women from India and high schools, mm-hmm. all under eighteen year old gals, who produced the the demonstration that I think all of us wound up on. Yep. Uh, it, was it two or three weeks ago now? Yeah. Yep. And so I would guess that it was the first time that any of us ever yelled, "No justice, no peace." Yep. Am I right? I think you're right. Yes. Well, I thank you, Jimmy, for having your nose to the grindstone and keeping us in touch with what's happening politically and socially and entertainment. You even managed to get that in a pretty solid way every single week. So we love you and we thank you. Read up, people. Another guy with his nose to the grindstone, of course, is Brad Fur with Gay Desert Guide, even though he's in Michigan at some uh, log cabin. Uh, your team has been sending me emails uh, every single day, so I know that you're on top of all of uh, the latest developments in our community. That's right. I had to go to a, uh, a secret hiding place that had internet access because I'm in the middle of uh, nowhere in north northern Michigan and actually visited my old haunts in uh, Harbor Springs, Michigan, another resort town in northwest Michigan near Traverse City yesterday. Um, and it was good to kind of be back there and remember all the fun things we used to do. Some of the things that I have actually brought to Palm Springs over the years. So um, on our email newsletter and our I Love Gay Palm Springs email, uh, I'm sorry, a, a blog that we are just getting ready to put out. And by the time this podcast is out, everybody will have it or will have access to it. There's a number of things you can do. CD Rep is doing something called Meets and Greets. Um, there's the stories of Dear Harvey, San Diego's Breakthrough Workshop Theater, going on virtually. 
There's a Posathon special airing Friday, um, and that is with Glisten and many others, including the Transgender Legal Defense and Education Fund. Good news, the Mary Pickford Theaters are reopening. Now, they are going to be doing social distancing and masks are going to be required, 25% capacity, but those are just some of the things that you can do. Virtual cinema happening at the Palm Springs Cultural Center, and the list goes on and on, but you can get all of that information when you subscribe to our newsletter at the top of gaydeserguide.com. There's a little box there. You can also find it on the uh, email us or join us now page on our Facebook page at Gay Desert Guide. And of course, when you are mentioning anything happening in Palm Springs, use the hashtag I love gay Palm Springs, and we'll help get that information out to the world. And thanks for uh, having us on in your living rooms, your cars, wherever else you listen to the I Love Gay, Pod, uh, Gay Palm Springs podcast or our vodcast when you see the video. I just put up a graphic behind me. If you're watching the video, the uh, celebration of the arts education is going to be a Zoom event, and that is going to be happening uh, on the 27th at 7 o'clock. Michael Childers, a friend of the show here, Lucy Arnez, Gavin McLeod, Joyce Bullifant, uh, the the real um, the people that have re retired here to uh, Palm Springs, but still have a hand in in in, in creating uh, opportunities for young artists are going to be doing that, and you can check that out on the uh, CBS local Palm Springs Facebook page and YouTube. So as we wrap up Gay Pride Month, Pride Pride Month, as we're coming to the end of that, all day and all night for the next few days, you can turn to the internet or the television or a podcast or anything. Everybody from Todrick Hall to Nicholas Snow has thrown their hat into the ring for Global Pride. And uh, we are glad that you got some of your information about it here on I Love Gay Palm Springs. And to our other hosts and friends, I say kumbaya. All right. I hope quarantine goes well for you. We'll miss seeing you from a distance. See you Wear in a Zoom. mask. Wear a mask. Wear a mask. Goddamn mask. Wear it. <laughs> Bye, all. That's a good closer. Thanks for listening to the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast. Like us on Facebook at I Love Gay Palm Springs and on the homepage of GayDesertGuide.com.